Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so now's a good time to maybe get your beverage, get a little snack if you would like, get, um, you know, get situated. Um, wow, okay, Polen found a new job. Very exciting. That's awesome. Congratulations, by the way. Well done. Very cool. Very excited for your news. Um, big accomplishment. Yeah, what What else? What else? What, what else? Um, how can we can we say about that in terms of like why we're here? Good morning, Kevin. Nice to see you. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Um, I'm so happy that you're all here. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. And we're going to get into it. So this is an interactive chat. So I'd really love for you to, you know, share any questions you have in the chat, share them, any comments, share them, interact with each other, interact with the material. Um, and, you know, we'll, as we go, I'm sure, you know, things will start to bubble up in your mind and feel free to, to type that in the chat. Um, so Simon says, discovering new life experiences and I find out being able to communicate in English easily plays a key role in accomplishing my goal. I love that, Simon. That's so true. I mean, we focus on communication here. So, you know, when you're in the community, coming to the webinars, coming, you know, even to our group coaching program where we we really tackle specific strategies and get the feedback and share those with each other. Coming in, even if you did, you know, the webinars and then maybe you did the Exploring Academy plan to have that input constantly you're going to see progress. Just be consistent. So if you want to show up weekly to these, please do. If you want to dive into more resources in our community, please do. Just keep up the consistent effort. This is a message for everybody watching this live or the replay. Um, okay, so excellent, excellent, excellent. We're going to talk today about this topic of, you know, sprinkling humor into our social interaction, especially when we might be faced with criticism, you know, somebody has a remark or they have maybe a tone deaf comment or they their comment was intended to be benign, but it somehow rubs us the wrong way. And we might misinterpret that or interpret that as criticism. So we're going to talk about this. And the context that we're looking at today is the workplace. So you can think of it as the professional space, right? Um, but you can also use these strategies and, and what I'm going to share with you today in, in, in life in general. If it's like a casual conversation or a non-business setting, that works too. That's fine too, of course. Um, so I wanted to start us off with this quote. It's more fitting for a human to laugh at life than to lament over it, right? So to lament over something is to complain, to agonize over something, really like complain about it. So instead of complaining, maybe we can just brush it off and laugh about it. What would that look like? If you think about some interactions that you have or encounters that you have with people that maybe are a little bit a little bit unsettling and maybe you know they rub you the wrong way and you feel uh insulted or you feel like that was criticism what happens if we decide to turn that on its head and think of it as maybe funny what would happen any thoughts share that in the chat 
it won't hurt you, that's for sure, right? So sometimes it's about looking at something from a very different perspective to, you know, even entertain the idea, entertain the possibility of looking at something from a different angle with fresh eyes. Perspective really helps. Perspective really, really helps. Okay, so we're gonna talk about, you know, understanding criticism in the workplace, differentiate between certain types of criticism. We'll talk about the role of humor in communication. And lastly, we'll look at a key strategy. Okay, good. So welcome again to everybody joining us not live now. And for those of you maybe watching the replay, you're, you're welcome to be here. We're so happy to have you. I'm Mary Daphne. I'm CEO and co-founder of Exploring and Advanced English, and I'm head of community here at Exploring Academy. And I'm so delighted that you're all joining us right now in our native live stream um, situation here in the academy. It's really great to have you. I'm here to equip you with the tools that you need to level up in all aspects of life, life in general, like in business, in uh, in life in general, you know, in our social interactions that we have all day, every day, because the reality is, is that communication is at the essence of our humanity. We are social creatures. We connect with people. We work on that, right? So this is a professional development platform for you to help you reach social fluency, like I said, in the workplace or in life in general. So it's great to have you here. In terms of some background information about me, well, I have a, um, a BA, so Bachelor of Arts in French and Communication. I was a double major. Um, I know more than one language myself. I speak Turkish and French fluently, and I'm working on my Greek. And I love learning languages. I love teaching, communication, and languages. And, you know, that's like I said, communication is what makes the world go round. I have uh, a Master of Arts from Bacchashir University. And then I have another Master's, uh, an Advanced Master's from Columbia University in New York City. And in terms of experience, I've got nearly two decades in cross-cultural corporate communications, television, and live broadcasting. I've been teaching and designing courses in communication, social skills, public speaking, English, French, it's not on there, but French, cross-cultural, and business communications for 16 years. I like to emphasize technology to enhance our learning experience, empirical research, data-backed teaching methods for high value student outcomes so that you get the best of the best experience in your learning. It's a journey. That's, you know, it's it's exploring. It's exploring. It's learning. It's exploring. Um, I also teach teachers how to teach. So I've done this both um, abroad and in the U.S., at, in New York City, Columbia University, Baruch College, and Hunter College. Um, and I also love doing that. And what first got me out into this cross-cultural space years and years ago was a Fulbright grant. I received a Fulbright award and that took me overseas in a professional capacity. You know, before then I'd been traveling with my family, uh, studying abroad many times. And then after college got this Fulbright and that took me overseas to really experience that professional cross-cultural communications, you know, at work, in the field, in the industry and so we also work on that too in the community, which is great. All right, so let's talk now a little bit about what it means, what this balance is, right? Where you have this fine line between professionalism and humor and navigating that can be tricky at times, right? Because when we're in the office, we wanna put our best foot forward. We wanna be professional. Yet here I am telling you also thinking about lightening up right? Not taking everything so seriously, not being, taking everything to heart, not taking everything so personally. You know, we're humans. People have off days. Somebody might lash out on you or treat you um, with, you know, a lack of respect or something. You write, these things happen or they might criticize you. So 
The first thing is understanding context and the audience, right? So it's crucial to gauge the context of the situation. What is going on? And also the audience's temperament. So what kind of mood are they in? Do you know anything about why they're in that mood? What put them in that mood? Did they just get fired from their job? Did they just have an altercation with a colleague? Did they have a, a, you know, a tiff with their spouse? What is it? Do you have any information on that? So if you did, you would maybe think twice about taking something personally. Also, humor should be appropriate to the workplace setting, right, that we find ourselves in, and mindful of diverse sensitivities to ensure that it does not alienate anybody or offend anybody, right? We don't want, we're not in the business of offending people um, on, you know, coming up with a comeback so that, you know, we're even, if somebody criticized us, we criticize them. No, that's not what we do here, right? We're all about effective communication, flexible communication, conscious communication. So the next one's maintaining professional boundaries. We talk a lot about boundaries. They're important, right? So while humor can enhance relationships and communication, it's also really important to keep it within the professional boundaries. When you use humor outside of the office with your friends, with your family, in a casual setting, that's going to be very different than when you use humor with your colleagues, with your boss, with your clients, right? Those are two types of humor. They're not the same. So we shouldn't mistake one for the other. They're going to be different, right? So this is what we mean to keep it within those professional boundaries. And we want to avoid sensitive topics, personal jabs. There's a law term called, you know, an ad hominem when you attack the person as opposed to the problem. We don't want to make personal jabs at people. We don't want to attack the person. If we have a problem with something, we talk about the problem at hand, right? Or anything else that might be misconstrued as unprofessional or disrespectful. Because if that's the case, then you're in the wrong, right? And we don't want to even venture there. So please do keep in mind maintaining personal and professional boundaries. Okay, good. The next one timing and relevance. So effective humor is timely and it's relevant to the situation. So you want to be aware of how you're using humor. What, Where does it come out in the context of your interaction? Do you see that somebody is having a bad day and make a joke at that? Probably not, right? That would not be construed as polite. It would offend the person. So really being mindful of the timing of maybe using humor if you decide to use it. And it should contribute positively to the conversation. So don't do anything to detract from the conversation. We're, if we're going to use humor in the workplace setting, you want it to enhance the conversation or the objective, right? What's the purpose of that social interaction um, as opposed to distracting or detracting from the main points that are being discussed. Okay, so just keep that in mind as well. And then lastly, self-awareness and adaptability. That's the name of the game. With communication, you know, we have frameworks, we have templates, we have formulas, we have a host of strategies and techniques and tools. Those are all great. We teach all of those here. But we also teach the adaptability, the flexibility, so that you can navigate calm or harsh waters very smoothly. So being aware of, you know, how your humor is being received. How is it? How are you going to adapt? What's funny to some might not be funny to others, right? We all actually have a different sense of humor. And that could be culturally impacted as well as personally, right? I'm sure you can all think of, you know, a funny friend that you have that's just cracking jokes left and right. They elevate the, the the vibration of the room. And then you have other friends who are more reserved. They maybe don't take jokes uh, very well, or they don't crack jokes, or, you know, they maybe take things more at face value. So joking with them is not a good idea, right? We have to be flexible and, and, and adapt. So reading the room is what really helps here. 
being being self-aware so having that you know understanding of how you're projecting something what's going on in your mind and in your soul and then also being aware of others right reading the room um so you want to always adjust your approach accordingly so does that make sense let's let's get a, an emoji in the chat let's get an emoji in the chat so that's really about that balance right we always strive for balance because that's kind of how the world works right we, we try to find that balance all right so now let's take a look at two types of criticism so on one hand we've got constructive criticism this is positive criticism right this is the kind of feedback that you want right it's the intention behind it is that you help somebody you help them improve you if you're giving feedback you want it to be more on the constructive side because this is how we grow right we need feedback we need to experience you know the the art of making mistakes of failing sometimes because that's how we grow that's how we get out of our comfort zones without it we just we would be stagnant so we don't want to try to not ever make mistakes or not ever be criticized but it's the constructive criticism that we're looking for and what that really does is that it's more specific so that specificity is what helps us really understand what might be something that we can work on right if somebody's giving us feedback or if we're sharing feedback with somebody right so the the second thing that it does is that it's it's supposed to be reflective and also um supportive so respectful and supportive so that you're not coming off as harsh or rude or undermining the person or delivering the criticism in a way that's disrespectful no one is receptive to that right that is not a nice way of <laughs> receiving feedback or dishing out feedback and if you've received feedback like this i'm very sorry i'm sorry that that happened we've all have i've been there too that's happened to me that's happened to almost everyone i know that's not your fault right that's the communicator's fault how is the person communicating and conveying that information to you so as enlightened and conscious confident communicators right that's us we want to take it upon ourselves to be respectful and supportive and really reflect on how we are sharing this criticism okay and then on the flip side what we don't want to do is the disrespectful type of criticism right that's destructive that causes you know it can cause problems right there's no real intent there it almost seems like what's the purpose of this it seems like maybe they're attacking the person as opposed to the actual problem on hand that's that ad hominem attack that we're talking about right that law term i taught you um right it might be overly harsh it might be vague so you don't even know you just leave the office like in tears or almost on the verge of tears not really knowing what do they want me to do really what what's the point of this feedback so again that's on the communicator so don't take that personally that that just that has not been delivered well um and the other thing is that it negatively impacts morale right it's it, it can demoralize the recipient the person who receives that feedback um it might lead to feelings of inadequacy right the i'm not enough um mantra which we don't want to think about we don't want to think of ourselves as not enough we want to think of ourselves as enough and abundant and working on improving and growing and we don't want people to be you know feel defensive either so does that dichotomy make sense on one hand we have the constructive criticism which is great that's the feedback you can think of and on the other hand we have the destructive criticism that we want to avoid and in this situation right we might we might think about how humor might play a role if somebody is criticizing us and it feels really destructive is there a way we can pepper some humor in that right that's the question i want you to think about throughout this webinar and as we continue you know throughout the week think it's it's early in the start of the week so you have this whole week to think about well what interaction can i maybe pepper some humor into or if there's a criticism 
can I, can I work on this? Can I maybe add some levity to the conversation to balance it out? So these are questions I want you to ask yourself and think truly about. Okay. So then we have this question, you know, how does criticism affect our emotions and our productivity? Well, I can think of these four ways, you know, first of all, and I'm sure you can think of maybe even some more. And if you do add it to the chat, we would love to see that. So stress and anxiety, right? Criticism, especially if it's perceived as harsh or unfair, can trigger stress and anxiety. And so this emotional response can actually hinder an individual's ability to focus, which then reduces their productivity and their quality of work, right? So the idea here is that if you are somebody who's, an, who's a manager or you run your own business, you're in some sort of managerial role, right? Is there a way for you to deliver criticism that will not stress somebody out? That is not going to, you know, cause them to shudder in their boots. Yes, there is. Of course. Of course. Um, the second thing is motivation and engagement, right? When it's constructive criticism and if it's delivered effectively in a constructive way that's based on feedback and, and positivity and really specificity as well, then that can boost motivation and boost engagement because people are like, okay, I have a, I have a clear target that I want to focus on. I know where I'm going. I know how, where I'm going to steer my ship. And it's clear to me how I can get there with this wonderful feedback, right? As opposed to it being vague or uh, problematic, right? So that can then with all those clear goals, you know, and those challenges that you're more clear about, that can actually encourage professional and personal growth, which then what? Enhances productivity, right? So these are all very intricately woven into how we perceive criticism. So very important. And then we have self-confidence and self-esteem. You know, I get a lot of people ask, how do I improve my self-confidence? How do I improve my self-esteem? Well, this is part of it too, right? So if you get frequent or harsh criticism, that can erode self-confidence, self-worth, self-esteem over time, right? This then can lead to this fear of maybe taking risks or being too afraid to speak up in a meeting or contribute your ideas that have so much value, right? And then that, what does that do? Well, that limits the individual's potential and their ability to be a contributing member of the team. And then lastly, relationships and collaboration. Like I said, we're social relational beings. We're social creatures. We used to live in tribes. Some of us still do right? Community is important to us. So the manner in which criticism is given and received can significantly impact workplace relationships, right? Our social ties at work. So positive, constructive criticism and feedback actually fosters trust and collaboration, right? Because it shows that somebody has your best interests at heart. They're going to give you this information so that you can learn and grow from it. Right. We in our group coaching sessions, we give personalized feedback in every session and it's done politely, kindly and in a constructive way. Right. And that you take that. Those are golden nuggets. Those are gems that you use to grow with and thrive. So it's very important. Right. And on the other side, the negative criticism that we do not want, we do not like, we do not we will not communicate that way, that will create or could create resentment, conflict, and it might even impede teamwork and productivity. So it's really important here to recognize how significantly criticism can impact our emotions, our mood, our, our productivity, and our mindset. Okay, good. So perception. Why is perception so important? Well, we've had this subjective interpretation, right? The way criticism is perceived is heavenly, hev is heavily, there we go, not heavenly, but heavily, heavily influences its impact. 
Okay, so the way it's perceived heavily influences how much you either take it to heart or not. Constructive feedback, right? That's the positive feedback. That might be seen or construed or perceived as helpful, which is maybe helpful guidance by one person. But on, on the other hand, somebody else might perceive that as criticism, as maybe being undermined. So this really highlights how subjective criticism can be. So you know the expression to have thick skin? Well, it ties into that, right? And, and especially in the workplace setting, you do want to kind of go in there with your armor. And I, I shared a video on exploring in, on the exploring communication channel about how we can actually use humor as our armor, you know, like knight's armor. That can be something that helps us to have thicker skin right? So that we just don't perceive things as negatively, maybe, or just don't take everything so personally. Not everything's about us. Not everything's a jab at us. Yeah, maybe somebody didn't communicate as best they should. Should we really ruin our whole day over that interaction? Probably not, right? Life's too short. If we got upset over every single thing, people would be miserable, right? We would be miserable. So, Sometimes you just want to let it go. Let it go. Now, if it's to the point where we really do, this is like an incessant thing. We have to be really, you know, on guard all the time with this certain person. Well, that's a different story, right? These one-off situations, maybe not so much of a big deal. But if it's like that one person constantly incessant jabs and criticism, well, is there a way then that you can add that humor? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's one thing, the subjective interpretation. These are not, this is not objective, right? It's subjective. So everybody has a way of interpreting it slightly differently. What, what I perceive as criticism might not be perceived by, as criticism by you and vice versa. What I don't think is, of as criticism, you might think of as criticism, right? And the next person and the next person. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. The next thing is, you know, influ it influences response and growth. So perception really does shape the response to criticism, how we perceive it, right? What lens are you looking at the world through, right? So something that's like a positive interpretation, like, oh, you know what? Even if their delivery wasn't great, even if they conveyed that information to me in a more destructive way as opposed to constructive way, I... I'm going to rise above that. I am going to decide to look at it differently. I'm going to choose to see this criticism as positive, right? And if I do that, then that's going to help me grow and improve and get ahead. And I'm going to be 25 steps forward, right? Now, on the other hand, regardless of how the person dished out that criticism, whether it was constructive or de de uh, destructive, if somebody perceives it as negative, then they might feel really defensive. Their morale might go down. Their confidence might go down. They're just, by the end of the day, they're like this, right? They're just like, Phew. so fed up. Who does that harm, though, at the end of the day? The individual, right? The person. So we have it with, with what's within our power is how we perceive something. We're not in control of how people are going to communicate to us. We are in control of how we respond, whether we choose to react, and how we perceive something. And then what are the follow-up steps? What's the follow-up action that we take, right? So that is all within our power. And guess what? That is way more important than how that person actually behaved towards us. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you.
So we're here to improve our communication and be, be kind and aware and conscious communicators to everyone that we meet. But not everyone is in Exploring Academy. So not everyone has this training. So for those people, we give them the benefit of the doubt and we instead say, okay, that person does not communicate well. That was destructive criticism as opposed to constructive criticism. But I, as an enlightened communicator, am I, I am going to choose to change my perception of this. And I'm going to see this criticism as something positive from which I can use as a building block to grow on, right? starting point even. So I got this question the other day and I thought it was pretty on point, right? This person asked, um, a viewer asked actually, how can I develop that humorous reaction without getting upset? And I said, you know what? That's a great, that's a great question. I'm going to share it in this webinar. So here it is. Here are some ways that you can do this. You can practice mindfulness. Yes. Mindfulness is definitely a hot, hot topic these days, right? We're even more and more, I mean, people have been doing this for millennia, but I feel like, you know, in the Western world, this is starting to become a little bit more top of mind for people, right? So mindfulness, really grounding ourselves, rooting ourselves in the present, being mindful, aware of what's going on and not too focused on the noise, the external noise. So that emotional self-regulation, self-awareness, right? This helps us to understand maybe our emotional responses before we react. We maybe know our trigger points, right? There might be certain things that are just kind of like trigger points for you that you maybe take insult at very quickly. Um, so think about those and then go into some type of social interaction knowing that maybe this will be an issue and what you can do to kind of protect yourself from getting upset or feeling like it's criticism or taking it to heart, taking it personally, right? The other thing is reframing. We did a whole webinar on reframing techniques. So I highly recommend you check that out if this is something that you want a little bit more information on. You know, flipping it on its head, viewing it from a different angle, thinking, okay, it's not a personal attack. Try to find a teachable moment. What, is there any humor in this? Maybe the way it was conveyed was so absurd that you just, you just, you just laugh. You just laugh because it's so absurd. There's humor in the absurdity, right? So reframing, it can really position you in a way that you land on top. You are the bigger person. You are, you know, you leave that interaction unscathed. Nothing can touch you, right? So if you find humor in it, you find levity in it as opposed to frustration. Really, that reframing highly works. I really recommend, I mean, the mindfulness too, but also the reframing. And different ones of the, you know, these will work differently for everyone. So try them all out. And then you might just gravitate towards one more so than the other. Like I personally really like the reframing. The third one is to build a humor toolbox, a humor toolbox. So you know how I talk about the communication toolkit? Well, here you have a humor toolkit, a humor toolbox. So kind of like think about maybe if it's in your nature, maybe you have like a snarky remark or a little comeback, a lighthearted one, right? Not a personal jab. And again, comebacks are not for everybody. This is, it's really contingent upon your humor. Um, maybe you use like self-deprecating humor. Maybe you find just, you think about different situations and you have like a whole list of humorous approaches for common situations. This kind of per, uh, preparation and kind of foreseeing the outcome of a communication event before it happens can help prepare you, right? Um, like don't expect the worst, but prepare, prepare for the worst um, and then expect the best. Right, this kind of preparation can make it easier so that when you do want to respond with humor, you can. It's on the tip of your tongue. You know how to, you know how to handle that situation. Okay. So that's how I would answer this question. Um, and I really recommend you check it out. This is the exploring lesson that I just published. And I'll put it in the link in the chat for you to check it out. So that's that's the YouTube video. And then if you're in the academy, you can take the quiz as well. Um, so the quiz helps reinforce the learning. And that way, you know, you get to really make sure that you 
these strategies are solid in your mind and that you can use them. Okay, perfect. So what about the role of humor in communication, in social interaction? Any thoughts? If you do have any thoughts, I would love for you to share them in the chat. Now's a great time to do that. So for everyone, humor is going to be different, right? Like I said, there's the cultural context, the cultural overtones as well, personal, you know, overtones, how well you feel like you have a, have a, a grasp on humor. Some people like to make jokes. Some people also maybe don't like to make jokes and don't like to receive jokes, right? There are people like that. Some people just love, you know, love that witty banter, the humorous kind of banter in the workplace and outside the workplace. So just really being aware of, again, that self-awareness always. Well, it is a stress reliever, right? When we have that comic relief, there's some levity to the world, right? There's some lightness and that feels good. That feels really nice, right? You can think of like the, even like movies where it's like really tense and then there's that one character that provides that comic relief or in Shakespeare's plays, right? There's always at least one character that has comic relief. So again, that makes us feel good. That's a stress reliever. Um, lightening up the mood as well. So then we have rapport building. Rapport building is essential in communication. That's how we get along with people. That's how we figure out, you know, how to communicate with people. How do we align with them? How do we show and understand that we, we have so many overlapping common interests, that we have common ground with our fellow human beings, right? Even if it might not look so on paper, right? You're from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different cities, different countries, different languages, yet there's so much that you have in common, right? Rapport building helps us create a positive and collaborative environment to work to have fun, to play, to discuss, to live, to grow. And sometimes, you know, having this humor can help enhance that. Especially if you have the shared kind of humor, right? You ever heard people say, oh, so-and-so has the same humor as that person, right? Sometimes people have the, the same type of humor. Um, and, you know, it's kind of fun to discover that. So if you have any friends where you can say like, oh, wow, I, yeah, I have the same humor as they do. Or maybe you say we have different types of humor, but we still find ways of getting along. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the next one's the psychological effects, right, of humor, both on the giver and the receiver. So humor is amazing because it triggers the release of endorphins, right, a feel-good hormone. Um and like dopamine, right? Um, and the, those endorphins or that we get from like working out, uh, but also from laughing, maybe watching something funny or being with a friend who makes you laugh, also from exercise, which is amazing. Uh, that can promote a sense of well-being, right? And shared happiness, which can strengthen our social bonds and improve our overall mental health. So laughter is amazing, amazing. So those endorphins, right, that are released when we laugh, such a cool, feel-good feeling. So that's an amazing thing. Now, the thin line here, as I mentioned before in the beginning, you know, there is a fine line. And we have to think about balance. The thin line is that, the fine line, whatever you want to call it, it's like the question that, that overarching question, well, what's funny and what's inappropriate? So again, I remind you that we're talking about the workplace context. Even in a non-workplace context, you still have this thin line. Is something going to be funny or is it going to be inappropriate? And you never want to cross that threshold into the inappropriate. Just don't go there. But beyond that threshold, before that threshold, there's so much that's funny. So what is that? And only you will be able to know because you know the people you're communicating with you know the context, you know the societal kind of values, you know the cultural expectations, the cultural values, and you know your humor, you know the other people's humor. So this is something that you really need to think about before you launch into something humorous, okay? And that's how we navigate, right, the fine line between what's humorously acceptable and what's inappropriate. Right. That will depend on understanding 
that self-awareness, but also respecting cultural, societal, and individual sensitivities. Because that is what, that ensures, right, that humor is inclusive and it doesn't offend or alienate anybody. Okay. Now the question is many times, so I have somebody in the chat saying many times the cultural values are unknown. Sometimes, right? But if you spend enough time in a culture, you will, you will quickly learn this. Like I've spent time in many different cultures and they all treat humor differently. You learn this through osmosis, by immersing yourself in the culture, by talking to people. Now, culturally, it might be one thing and individually, it might be different. There's always subcultures as well. So it's not quite as known, unknown as you think it to be. If you do a little digging, you do your research, you do due diligence, you talk to people, you will quickly discover what role humor has to play. And within it, those cultural values as well. Absolutely. And I can attest to this, having lived in many different countries all over the world. Not to mention the US, we're a big, you know, melting pot of so many different cultures, which is beautiful. So we have all those different layers there as well. Okay, so here's a strategy that I want to share with you. Lighthearted agreement to acknowledge and then move on, right? Just let it go, move on, carry on with the rest of your day. Okay, so somebody, you know, took a jab at you or you got some criticism that wasn't that great. Maybe it wasn't delivered in a nice way because again, they need to be in Exploring Academy to learn all this stuff, right? Okay, no problem. So lightheartedly agree and then acknowledge it and move on. So that's, that's what we're going to look at. So what does this do? This diffuses tension because you'll acknowledge the criticism, right? Okay, you take it. All right, fine. Without any confrontation, right? And then you use humor to diffuse any potential tension or any negativity, which makes it easier to then let go, right? And move past the issue. So you're not, dis you're not, uh, not acknowledging it, right? You're not disregarding it. You're acknowledging it, but you're saying, okay, well, no, it's not the end of the world. It's not the, it's not the big, big, scary criticism that I was fearing. It also maintains positivity, which is important for the rapport building, right? Because think about it. If you're constantly in conflict with a colleague or a, uh, several colleagues at work, that's not going to make for a pleasant work environment. So try to find that positivity, right? Think about, you know, instead of having like a toxic work culture, because you're you know, people are always antagonizing people and every interaction is met with, met with agony and, and, and disrespect, instead of that, is there a way to keep things light and positive, right? Don't let it escalate into a bigger conflict or affect the mood of the conversation or every other interaction thereafter that you have with them. Because again, you want to be mindful of, well, I'm going to run into this person quite a lot, aren't I? This is not a one-off conversation. Be mindful of that. Be smart about it. Be strategic. It also shows adaptability because it shows that, you know, you can use it to maybe agree if you do agree or not, just acknowledge it. Maybe I wouldn't even go so far as to say validate it. But acknowledge it, right? Okay, so they said that thing. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. We're not going to censor that person. And then you move on, and that shows that you are the bigger person. You are able to rise above that. Are they able to do the same, right? If the tables were, if the roles were reversed, are they able to do the same? So it shows that you're resilient, you're adaptable, you're flexible, you know how to take it right? People can dish it out, but can they also take it? That's the question. Um, and again, that resilience is so powerful so that you show that you're taking feedback in stride. You're open to different perspectives and viewpoints, and you don't take them too personally. You don't cry after every criticism or every type of feedback you get, right? Because again, you've shifted your mindset. You've changed your perception about criticism. And you really think of it as 
a launch point to greatness, right? So some example phrases that you can think about using. So to diffuse tension, you might be onto something there. I'll make sure to add world's okayest presenter to my resume, right? So if somebody says like they give you feedback, oh yeah, your presentation was okay. It was okay. Well, that's not what somebody wants to hear, right? If it was just okay, then it's like, okay, well, tell me exactly what was okay and what was better and what was great. Tell me what's the okay. You see how this is so vague? So somebody can just say, you might be onto something there, right? You're acknowledging it. You might be onto something there. I'll make sure to add world's okayest presenter to my resume, right? Because if they're not going to really help you with the specificity, then there's no point in even engaging. If you want to say something like, oh, I would love to hear what exactly you found to be okay, maybe that's a conversation you have. But if you know this person is just problematic and is just, just you know, they have these vapid remarks, these empty remarks, just let it go. Acknowledge it and move on and show that it didn't bother you. Didn't bother you. Okay, so this is lighthearted. It diffuses tension. Okay, what else? What about maintaining positivity? Positivity. Well, good point. I'll file that under things to not do next time, right? Next to my karaoke song list. You don't have to put that second part, right? But if it's it sounds like something you would say or you have a little different way of saying something, then feel free, you know? You you have to assess the situation. We're not there to tell you, right? To we we're not there with with you in that specific situation, but if you have specific questions, I really do encourage you to come into our group coaching program because there we can actually dive into specificity and we can talk more thoroughly about your specific situation and, you know, brainstorm about it and mastermind it and, and practice, practice what it might look like when you respond in a way that rises above. So if you do that want that kind of uh, feedback, then definitely join us in our group coaching program for sure. Because like I said, that's where you'll get the the attention, the, you know, personalized attention, personalized feedback in our nice small groups that we have. Um, and then we've got showing adaptability. So you might say something like, absolutely, I see your point. I'll adjust that section. Always aimed, I'm always aiming to improve and adapt, right? It shows that you're resilient. It shows that you're really into, you know, you don't take offense to it. You're there to improve, to grow. Or you could say, agreed, I'll tweak that part. Always a work in progress. We're always a work in progress. So true, everybody. Okay, so now I want to show you what a dialogue without humor might look like. So Alex goes, John, I think your analysis in the report could have been more detailed. It seemed a bit superficial. Okay, so it seemed a bit superficial. Might Somebody might be offended at that, right? Somebody might find that problematic and take it, you know, since too much to heart, too sincerely, like superficial. That's a little bit, it's, it's not very politely expressed on Alex's part. So John now is taking that to heart, right? He's upset. So he goes, that's quite direct. I worked hard on that report and your comment feels a bit unfair. I don't agree with your assessment. Okay. So if John, if uh, John did write, say this, Does it really help anything? No, right? This is not the best way to communicate, particularly if Alex is problematic, if he's going to try to stir the pot, if he's going to try to make it things difficult for John, right? Because he's not he's not indicating to John that he wants to help him. He's just criticizing him. So engaging with somebody who's just wanting to criticize you, maybe to lift their ego up and put you down, you do not just just disengage, right? Disengage. And one way to do that is through humor. So let me ask you this. How could John have used a lighthearted agreement to acknowledge the feedback and move on? So I have four options for you. Let's take a look at those together. So put your answer in the chat, right? How could he have used lighthearted agreement, the strategy that I shared with you, to just acknowledge the feedback and move on with his day. Because again, Alex, he's not going to get any positive or constructive feedback from Alex. Alex has made that clear. He's just there to antagonize or upset John. He's just there to be mean, right? There are people like that, unfortunately. 
So you can't change people, but you can change your response. You can change your reaction and you can choose to disengage. So this is a type of way, a way to disengage. Just acknowledge it, move on. Everyone's happy. Okay. So is it A? Well, you got me there. I'll add detailed detective to my business card for next time. So that's a little bit sarcastic, right? Okay. Then we've got, I understand your point, but I still think my approach was justified. Let's agree to disagree. Okay. Then we've got superficial, you say? Well, I guess I was channeling my inner minimalist. I'll aim for maximalist in the next one. Okay. And then D. I don't think humor is appropriate here. We should discuss this matter more seriously. So maybe John construed Alex as being too, like, humorous, too funny. What do you think? Is it A, B, C, or D? Okay. Let's show them one more time. Okay. Well, you got me there. I'll add detailed detective to my business card for next time. I understand your point, but I still think my approach was justified. Let's agree to disagree. Superficial, you say? Well, I guess I was channeling my inner minimalist. I'll aim for maximalist in the next one. And then D, I don't think humor is appropriate here. We should discuss this matter more seriously. Hey, so what do we think? What could be a lighthearted way? Lighthearted way. Okay. Okay. Should we have a look? Okay. See, right? This uses humor to acknowledge the criticism, but it also keeps the tone positive, right? And it shows that you're you're actually willing to take this feed. You chose to see this as constructive criticism, right? So it adds the humor, but it also shows that this is a learning process for everybody, including yourself. And you're okay to view, the, view this as positive and a willingness to adapt it in future work. Okay? So it's, it's fun, it's light, and it shuts Alex down. You just move on. Move on with your day, right? It's a great response. Good. Good. So again... This is one of several strategies we talked about moving on, right? Using this light, lighthearted agreement to acknowledge and move on. Maybe, maybe you validate the person if it's warranted, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it's more like the one we just saw, the example. Again, you are in that actual situation. You have to decide, right? Is this somebody that I have to maintain rapport with? Am I gonna be bumping into them every day at work? Is this just a one-off situation? That will also change how you respond, right? We always want to aim for respectful interactions and communication, but we also really want to be, you know, mindful of, is this a long-term friendship or like, you know, relationship with colleagues, or is this just like, I don't have to deal with this person. This is a one-off thing. So being aware of that. We're going to look at some other strategies, self-deprecation, you know, to deflect and disarm. And we're going to look at exaggeration, finding the absurd in the criticism, which is really fun. And you're, we're going to highlight that. So that we're going to do in our group coaching session. Um, and I would love for you to join us. We'll do lots of examples. We'll talk about your own examples as well. If you'd like to share those, we'll do lots of practice and then you'll get personalized feedback. So, um, you know, and, you know, sometimes you're not able to come up with these on the spot. Like I see that in the chat. Absolutely right. But over time with practice, really thinking about, you know, we have to be strategic and think about how we're going to, what kind of response is going to engender the outcome we want. Thinking about it that way as well can really help the way we formulate our response, right? Will you get a better result shouting at somebody or speaking to them in a way that really resonates with how they see the world, that complies with their worldview, with their communication styles. Of course, it's gonna be more like that, not shouting at somebody. So again, this comes with practice and it comes with the territory. So with our group coaching sessions, you get a lot of practice, you get a lot of feedback, we have a lot of fun and you get to practice in, it's real life practice, but it's in a low stakes, 
risk-free environment. So it's a safe space to practice, to share, to exchange. Um, we learn, we grow, we improve, and we come back better and better every time. So that's the name of the game. So we have our calls on Wednesday, January 17th and Friday, January 19th. We're going to practice self-deprecating humor on January 17th. And then we're going to practice exaggerating and highlighting the absurdity in the criticism on January 19th. So to do that, you can join the Exploring Academy. I'm sorry, the Executive Communication Lab group coaching plan. So it's highlighted there on our landing page um, as the group. Like you'll see Executive Communication Lab group coaching plan. So that would be the one that you would choose if you want to do the live video calls with us in small groups. So we're all on camera. We all get to know each other and it's really, really fun. And you get to practice, you get to laugh, you get to, you know, experience what it's like to be in that kind of simulation or scenario and you get the feedback, which is really powerful. So then when it's time to go out there and do it, you can ace it or you can you can do it in a confident way. You don't have to worry about, oh, I don't know if, if I did that right or, oh, if it was so high stakes and I don't know if, you know, it's going to be the way I want it to be. You're one step closer, many steps closer, actually, multiple steps closer when you practice it ahead of time. So I love this quote. I wanted to leave you with this. Laughter is the shortest distance between two people. So if you could find a way to add levity, to add humor, do it. Do it, right? We're not out there to criticize people. We're not out there to take jabs at people. We're not out there to, you know, make someone feel bad or less than. If somebody makes you feel that way, well, you have two, really two options. You can take it personally or you can choose to rise above. Choose to make it, like, choose to take it as a funny thing. You know, you laugh about it. Choose to take it as a teachable moment. Either or, you will serve yourself so much more taking it like that as humor or as a teaching teachable moment learning experience than if you were to take it as criticism and personally and get upset and cry about about it over a week and cancel all your social plans delete your social calendar because you're too sad and upset crying in a tub of ice cream right no 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 we don't do that okay okay good so we've got the group coaching program plus community plus platform. This is the executive communication lab. And it looks like this on our website. That's what you would want to choose if you want to come to our group coaching sessions twice a week, in addition to all of the everything you get in the community. So all the web courses, all the challenges, all the webinars, all the activities, you get a daily um, we have a calendar every single week with new activities. So there's something to do every single day. You can participate with others. You can start your own um, group. You can start your own chats, like your own uh, meetups, your own web, um, web calls to practice. That's in addition to everything that I will host and I will share with you. So lots to do, lots to do. So they're usually 45 minutes to an hour, uh, usually closer to an hour. And they're twice a week, so eight of those a month. You get to make friends, you get to network, you get to meet people, um, and then you get to go and do your own calls if you want. Like maybe you realize like you and some one other person has a passion for rock climbing. Maybe you want to talk about rock climbing in a in a you know a session. Maybe change exchange some tips and tricks and ideas about rock climbing techniques. You can do that. You can you can set up your own calls and meetings, and do that. You get to practice communication because where else do you get to practice communication? You can't really practice it in the real world. That's you're doing it right. So here you get to practice and do it and then get super prepared for when it really counts, right? When it really matters, when you, you know, it's a high stress environment, high stakes environment, you're taking a lot of risk here, low stress, low stakes, safe space, practice, practice, practice. If you make mistakes, that's welcome. That's how we get better. I want people to make mistakes because that's how we know that we're actually growing. We're no longer in our bubble, right? We are expanding. We are growing. We're getting better and better. So that's always important. You get real-time feedback, boost your confidence, lower your social anxiety and your stage fright and just discomfort conversing and communicating. So that confidence gets really boosted. And you also reach social fluency, 
So you'll be able to communicate with anybody about anything. That's the goal over time, right? Showing up, being consistent. There's no magic pill. There's no magic like, oh, if you do this, this will happen and you'll be completely, you know, socially fluent and you'll know everything. Doesn't work that way, right? We have to put in the work. So we have everything all set up for you. All you have to do is come in, show up to the group coaching calls if that's the plan you're on. If you're in the community, everything is laid out for you. So all you have to do is put in the time. That's a self-study approach, which I'll talk about quickly now. We have the Exploring Academy plan. So this is fully on your own pace, fully self-study. You can do this at midnight if you wanted. You can go through the challenges whenever you want, on your vacation, on the train, on your commute, in the garden, as you're walking the dog, as you're doing whatever, as you're in a Pilates class, maybe. No, don't do that. I want you to focus on one thing at a time. But you know what I mean. So this is the self-study, fully supported uh, journey. So we're there giving you feedback. You know, you're posting on forums. We're giving you feedback on the different challenges and the web courses and the assignments. Um, so that's that plan. And this is, like I said, self-study, fully supported journey. You can sign up for a yearly program and that will save you 17%. So you get a nice discount with that, or you can choose to do it monthly. And then we've got the group coaching. So this is a difference between the two plans. We have two paid plans the Exploring Academy plan, and the Executive Communication Lab group coaching plan. So the main difference is that you get the, on the group coaching plan, you get everything in the community plus a special space for the group coaching people and all of the um, live workshops and, and interactions and webinars. And those are all re recorded. So you get access to all those recordings and you get to see your progress throughout, which is really great. Those are only for the members. Um, so only you get to see those and you get the feedback, you get to really develop deeper connections with the people that are there, improve your conversational skills, improve your social fluency, boost your executive communication because we do both. We do professional com communication and your everyday communication. Very important to have both of those, which we do. And it's a wonderful program. Both of them are great. I would really encourage you if you're interested to try our one week free trial. So choose whatever plan makes sense with your schedule and time commitment that you want to, um, you know, that you're able to, to have. Um, and, you know, it's a new year. It's an, it's a better version of ourselves that, that, is, that is coming out this year, right? So we want to show up for that. And you being here today in this webinar tells me that you are ready to level up. I'm really proud of you for taking the time to spend this hour plus with me and learn and grow and get better. So what are some of our members saying? I'll quickly run through these because, you know, it's one thing for me to share and uh, share everything about this amazing community, but it's another thing to really hear it from the members. And these are the people who are in it, right? So they you know, take their word for it. Um, so Simon says, I joined Exploring Academy just two months ago. Um, it's been a little bit more than that uh, since she wrote this, but still. Um, and I'm absolutely amazed by the progress that I've achieved in refining my workplace skills and boosting my confidence in starting conversations within the English speaking community. Attending every live session and actively practicing real communication skills has not only enhanced my English proficiency, but has also been invaluable for improving my overall communication abilities. I want to express my heartfelt gratitude to our teacher, Mary Daphne, for her guidance and support. Having incredibly knowledgeable instructors who encourage you to seize opportunities has been the golden key that Exploring Academy has provided me. I wholeheartedly recommend Exploring Academy to anyone seeking success in today's fast-paced world. That's great. That's really wonderful. Okay, then we've got uh, Sarah who says, throughout most of my life, I've battled social anxiety. She's not alone. Many, many people. I mean, everybody I know has some sort of social hindrance. Um, joining the Exploring Academy has empowered me to overcome my fears and shut down my BS. Each baby step in this supportive environment has been transformative, boosting my confidence in both personal and professional interactions. Lovely. 
And then Marco says, I've enrolled in the executive program. It has been a true treasure to join this program of skills improvement. It's very well made with a lot of features that are useful to train and to empower skills for professionals at the highest level. Thank you very much for all of this. It's for sure worth the investment. So thank you for, uh, thank you very much once again for everything. Lovely. And we have Saval who says, both Mary Daphne and all the members of the community are so sweet and smiling that you never get bored. You don't understand how time flies. With this community, I have the opportunity to improve my communication skills as well as improve my language. I have the opportunity to see and correct my mistakes with frequent community meetings. Absolutely. And then Helder says, I had to give a presentation at work and I used the tips I learned from the community and everybody loved it. This community is different because it's not just about learning English, but it's also focused, but it also focuses on practical communication skills and real life situations. I don't get to use English in my daily life, so I find it very enriching to have the opportunity to exchange with people from different countries and to learn about their customs and opinions on current affairs. Being in small groups allows us to be active in discussions and to lose our fear of public speaking. An MD is always there to push us and help us if we hesitate or if we don't know a word or expression. The Medea says, best investment, you won't regret it. I'm forever grateful to Mary Daphne for, for Mary for creating such a caring human connector platform in which we learn and practice to effectively communicate with others. I love that she calls it that. And it's true. I mean, you are definitely, you know, it's about social interaction, executive skills, learning to communicate effectively with each other. And she says it's the best investment. So take her word for it. Maravis says Exploring Academy is very different from any training I've attended so far, talking in small groups and everyone in the group participating in the conversations increases my self-confidence in speaking English in different social situations. MD encourages everyone to speak in workshops and discussion sessions. She takes care of everyone individually and takes great care so that everyone benefits. That's the name of the game, everyone benefits. And then Dom says, Exploring Academy is the best enrollment I've done in a training program. I'm here to improve my professional English skills, executive communication, and social skills. I believe this is a great tool and more people should join. I really enjoy the workshops Mary Daphne delivers in her paid membership. He's referring to the group coaching program. I encourage people to sign up. I clear my schedule to participate in these workshops. Wonderful. And then Ishika says, my goals are to become, so Ishika is one of our native English speakers, by the way. So this is for everybody. My goals are to become more socially savvy and build emotional intelligence with people. Mary Daphne is an excellent teacher and communicator. Her skills surely rub off on you as she eases you into better habits and makes everyone feel very comfortable as the instructor and facilitator. I'm already experiencing subtle shifts by learning from everyone and MD. The community's international diversity is the perfect practice ground to interact multicultural settings. Yes, exactly. I feel comfortable to say things without thinking too much, as long as I put it across with integrity and grace, something that Exploring Academy integrates in its modules. Very important. Then we've got Edwin who says the style of interaction in Exploring is cutting edge, incorporating innovative elements to teaching a second language. My speaking skills have improved in my daily interactions and I have surpassed some typical language barriers. Every day in live discussions, I learn new words, expressions, and discussion items, which I use afterwards in real life settings. So that's a little bit about what our members have to say. And, you know, it's a wonderful place. We're so happy to have everyone there. Consistency is key with everything we do in life. If you want to get better at cooking, you got to cook more. If you want to get better at painting, paint more. If you want to get better at communication, communicate more and in the right way. All right. I will see you soon. Thank you everyone for joining. Well done and have a great rest of your day or evening. All right. Bye.